Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today my guest is actor Kwame Patterson, who first rose to fame playing Monk on the beloved HBO series, The Wire. He now stars as David in season two of the Peabody award-winning series, David Makes Man on the Oprah Winfrey Network. This interview was recorded at the end of June over the internet with Kwame in LA and myself in South Carolina. Kwame, I am just so excited you're here. Um, but as I'm preparing for this, um, years ago I did like theater and I was always like, I would be a character actor if I still acted. And you've done such a wide range of roles. Do you consider yourself uh, like what we would call a character actor? No, no, I don't. Uh, um, because At least for me, because I look at character actors as like what Jamie Foxx did for Ray. You know, uh, what Will Smith did with Ali. You know, she what Chadwick did for James Brown, you know. So I don't know if I'm at that level yet. You know, I think I still have a ways to go. Uh, David Makes Man definitely was a little bit of character work so it was my first like introduction to a little bit of it um because i did have to um mimic not mimic um bring some of the um the nuances that achille had already done from the first season in younger david to bring him to over david older david so that was a nice little challenge uh in itself to you know doing a biop of somebody you know um and hopefully i can pull it off <laughs> Well, and it's you connected the dots for me right away because I think I was seeing uh, David makes man and and knowing some of your previous work. I'm like, wow, this like uh, you have a phenomenal reputation as an actor, and I think Thank you're you. good at uh, really phenomenal. You do something that I think, for lack of a better way to describe it, it's like I call it like the, it's like the sexy part of acting. It's like that serious, like very like dramatic stuff, and you're so good at that intensity. And for those who haven't seen the show at all, could you just set what the show is, and then we will kind of explain the difference between season one and season two? Um, so basically uh, season one is about a 15 year old kid who rolls up in the projects and is trying to navigate through the different um, emotions and traumas in his life. Um, and then season two is him 20 years later, all grown up now successful businessman. And he's thought that he's those traumas that he had at 15 years old. He's, you know, done with them you know he's gotten past them but in reality all he's done is really just pushed them down and put them in a box and put a wall up and then we start to see those same 15 year old traumas start to come out and david realizes that he's not okay you know he never got past his issues and now things start to spiral out of control and so we watch david in season two try to navigate through his 15 year old self again you know as an adult and um, you, we, you mentioned his name earlier, Achille uh, McDowell, who played David in the first mm -hmm. season. Uh, he's a teenager at the time, and his performance in season one is just absolutely captivating. How yeah. much were you influenced by uh, what he did in season one when you started preparing to play an older version of David? All of it. I mean, I, I literally watched <laughs> this. I, I, literally, I literally watched season one anywhere from about six to eight times the whole season. Like, I watched it about six to eight times to really just, like, study him and just watch what he did. And then me and him had a lot of conversations um, about the character and um, different things, because there was things even with like watching that I wasn't sure like, okay, how did you get there? How did you do that? You know? And so 
those conversations with him and then conversations with Terrell um, helped with uh, giving me that that little little you know click that I needed to to get that that particular moment or particular feeling or mannerism. When you watch the the show, what are things you notice when you see like the fourth or fifth or even sixth time that you didn't really pick up on in the first time? Oh man, you notice all kind of stuff. You notice like extras doing stuff in the background that you see before. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you see like sometimes you might see like uh cuts or edits. You be like, wait, her hair was like this, and then in the same conversation, and her hair is now like this, like. But it's the same conversation, you know what I'm saying? Like, or something like, so certain little mm-hmm. things. You're, you're seeing more of those like seams kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and then, and then on the mm-hmm. um, pure, just like acting side, you just, you'll find um, other nuances that you didn't realize as you're watching it. Now, when you did The Wire, you were like 19, 20, is that right? 28. You were 28. Okay. So you were, you were older. Okay. Um, yeah. I was just wondering, I mean, 20 is still pretty young, but yeah. as you got to know and work with Akili on David Makes Man, could you appreciate where he was at in his young life as an actor? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, at a young age, even though I didn't start as young as him, you know, I was still able to, you know, just some knowledge and tips and things like to avoid, you know, things I went through, told him different stories, you know, things that I went through and things to look out for. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's, He's so talented and he's going to be a star. So it's just like, so it's like that thing of like preparing him and getting him mentally ready because sometimes when you're young and that, that stardom hits, you don't know how to, you know, act. And then we don't want you ended up, we don't want you on the front page of some article talking about some, you know, <laughs> Kelly McDowell and, you know, punch somebody in the face or did something crazy, you know, it's just like, and then just mess your career up. So it's just like, you know, those kind of conversations are just, you know, take it all in and just uh, ignore the noise. Well, and hopefully he's he's well protected not only by like uh, people like you and and other mentors, but also his family and 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 everyone else. Because yeah, that's like, I do think he's going to have a wonderful career. Um, you mentioned earlier um how David has kind of suppressed a lot of the trauma that um had happened when he was younger. Um, how did you approach navigating that as an actor? Um, it was definitely um challenging and low and difficult at times um just because me myself sometimes you know we uh you know and as men in general a lot of times we struggle with expressing ourselves or being vulnerable it was one of those things where i had to tap into places that i didn't necessarily want to go you know but i you know i had to go there and then once you go there sometimes it's like trying to pull yourself back out of that space is not as easy as you think it is you know there was times on set where we would do a scene and after the scene was over i couldn't stop crying and literally they were just like you know take your time you know you know take your time get yourself together so it was just like you know and that was a good thing like it was there was no one rushing me it was very family very you know nurturing on set like i say you know and so you know if you had that moment where you just needed somebody to pray with you because of whatever you was going through there was somebody there so it was always somebody to help you know help me navigate through those situations and that trauma. Uh, it sounds so supportive and like, I'm getting like goosebumps hearing you talk about it. It's so touching. Um, you, you mentioned Terrell's name earlier, but Terrell Alvin McCraney created the series. Um, and for those who don't know, he won an Oscar writing Moonlight. Um, and David Makes Man is loosely, I think is maybe the strong emphasis based off his life. Um, what's it like working with him? And 
did things change for you knowing that maybe some of this came from what he went through in his actual life? Um, first off, like you said, working with him, I mean, was a, a honor, a dream come true. You know, I, I told uh, T that when um, I went to Lee Strasberg Academy and I actually read um, Choir Boy um, in one of my uh, classes, you know, uh, it was one of the uh, plays that they had us reading. And so, and this is before I even thought about being on a show of his, you know, so this was just like to fast forward, you know, he wins an Oscar for Moonlight. And then next thing, you know, I'm, you know, auditioning for a show of his and on a show, it was just like, you know, God was just lining everything up. And then to be able to sit and talk with him and just the knowledge that um, he gives and, and Terrell is so good at like, really just like, breaking stuff down super simple because as actors a lot of times we'll sometimes make things more difficult than what they need to be you know mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out something in the scene or whatever you're trying to get to a certain place and Torella come in and be like you know if you just uh boop, 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 like one two three abc <laughs> and you'd be like and it's that light bulb moment you're like uh, oh yes oh that is that, <laughs> that it is okay i got it and now you now you you know you can give what you need to give but yeah man i mean like I said, he's he's so he's soft spoken. He's so, like he's so spirited, man. It's just like when I tell you it's a blessing. Like I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity or a better situation to be in. Yeah, I've never got to meet him or talk with him. I saw um, brother sister plays at Steppenwolf a long time ago, and uh, but yeah, he's just his he's just a phenomenal writer. Um, yeah. and I know there's not much we can like, go into detail about season two, but is there anything in particular that you can share that you're looking forward to people seeing in the show for season two? I hope a lot of people will get that going to therapy is okay. And, and knocking the, getting rid of the stigma of going to therapy, you know, and just feeling, you know, brave enough to want to talk to somebody about your, you know, your mental health. Um, and then also for men, you know, um, just being comfortable with your emotions. You know, you want to cry right now, be comfortable, feel feel okay and don't feel embarrassed or don't feel weak because we'll see a lot of that from David. And so I, you know, hope that that inspires other people to want to live in that space. And um, the show is produced um, by a, a large number of people, but the two of the big names are Michael B. Jordan and Oprah Winfrey. Now you've worked on a variety of shows and series. What's it like working on one overseen by Oprah? Oh man, it's amazing, man. Listen, <laughs> we did we like, we did a, a a screening the other night, and it's a you know it's pre recorded, but uh, she gave me a shout out. I was smiling from ear to ear because you know it was like because the only other time I got to meet her because of COVID was on Zoom, you know. So mm -hmm. I met her on Zoom when I first started the show, you know, uh, introducing me to Oprah and Mike. I actually already knew Michael B. Um, because of the wire, even though we weren't on the same season together, the wire would have um like reunion um things. <laughs> and so yeah, he would come and like so we've met, so I've actually have known Mike for years. Um, but Oprah, you know, she gave me the shout out, was like, you know, Connie Patterson has done a phenomenal job as, you know, coming on as a new David this season. And I was just smiling really hard. Like, I don't know if anybody was watching me or not, but I was definitely smiling because I was just like, This is Oprah. Oprah's talking about me. Like, wow. So, you know. One of those things that you just, you know, certain people you just get excited about.
got to play George the bartender in Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar with uh, Kirsten, uh, yeah. Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo. Uh, what was that experience like? Man, that experience was was so fun. Um, and I'm not a, um, uh improv actor. So, you know, I can do it when it comes to drama, but comedy, not so much. You know, like I said, I can do what's on the page. And so, you know, Kristen Wiig is like the queen of improv. And so we were, when I first met her um, and I got the role, I, I instantly said, listen, I am not good at improv, just so you know. And she's like, don't worry. She was like, I'll give you stuff to do. She said, as long as you can do it, we're good. I was like, I can do whatever you give me to do. I just ain't going to really think of it off the top of my head. Cause I was like, <laughs> you know. And so when we was doing the scenes, man, she would give me so many funny things to do. And it was my first time doing a, you know, like a comedy like this. You know, how when you're watching the outtakes and you see all these different versions of one scene and you'd be like, oh, man, that's funny. That's how we were doing. And so you don't know which version you're going to get, you know what I'm saying, until, the, until it comes out. But it was like so funny. Like we were doing all these, she would have me doing all these different, doing a running man, leaving out of scenes. She would have me doing all these little silly dance moves. I mean, it was so funny. Like it was like, and so it was so fun. So I was just, that experience was so fun because, and it made me want to do more comedy. You were so funny in that. And, the, and we were talking earlier at the beginning how you're just like very masterful when it comes to dramas. But you should do more comedies, man. I definitely want to do more comedies because that was like my first like, real intro into comedy you know what i'm saying especially like with a comedy like legend so i was like yeah um i definitely want to do more comedies drama drama drama's my first love you know that's always gonna be my first love but i definitely want to add some more comedies to the resume because i had so much fun oh man well i, I want to ask you one more question about the film is and it you there's a drink that you make called <laughs> buried treasure and it seems to have lasting uh psychotropic effects would be a good way of saying it yeah and, but i'm curious if i wanted <laughs> to make this drink right now how would i go about it i actually used to know the ingredients and i can't remember but what i do remember is uh there was pills at the bottom which was like some like uh almost like some ecstasy pills and then it was a liquid which was almost like uh, um can't think of the, the drug that makes you hallucinate um L L S like lsd, LSD. <laughs> yeah so it's like an lsd type of thing and so yeah and then you uh and then when you drink then you know what I'm saying so it had everybody Ooh, george what's this drink with the skull and crossbones over it can we get one of those it's called the buried treasure Yo. no one's ever finished the whole thing but if you get to the bottom, it's a real treasure. And that was a funny scene too, because um, I actually did the the voice because I thought they were going to do it. Well, they well they well, they were going to do it in post, but then I had did it in the audition, audition, and they liked it so much. They was like, "Oh, we're not even going to do the post version. We're just going to use your version." So I literally did that whole slow mo voice thing. Well, that's your truth. You know, myself, because I did that. I had to, that was my audition piece. So I did that in my audition, and they loved it so much. They was like, "Oh, we're just going to use your version of it instead of the uh, instead of doing it in post and doing it slow." So and they just added the special effects around it. But that was pretty cool. Uh, that they kept the version that I did. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, so Kwame, the name of our podcast is I'm So Obsessed. What are you currently obsessed with? I say right now, probably the playoffs. You know, I've been watching all the playoffs. Hope Chris Paul can finally get a ring. He, you know, I mean, he's out with the COVID situation right now. But up until COVID happened, he's been playing his butt off in the playoffs. And uh, and the Suns have won the first two games so far. So, But I also wouldn't be mad if the Clippers won. You know, um, we in L.A. So, you know, I do like the Clippers um, as well. So, I mean, I'm a Celtics fan uh, first. but I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah, that's my team. But – you know, we always have like secondary teams or players we root for, you know, so that kind of thing. So I do like so I've always liked Chris Paul, I've always liked Kawhi Leonard. Just a quick interruption. Since we recorded this interview, I'm sad to say that Chris Paul and the Suns did not win and that the Milwaukee Bucks are the NBA champions. Yeah, that's what I'm that's that's you know, outside of acting, you know, that's what I've been doing, at least at this moment. Fitness is another obsession. Do you think that helps you uh, not only like you talked earlier about like having that scene and uh, kind of having needing time to kind of let it go, whether you were crying or not. Um, mm. Do you find like stuff like fitness or having escape, like like watching sports um, helps you uh, when you're in those kinds of moments? Yes, definitely. It definitely helps me decompress. Like that's the I mean, anytime if I'm like stressed or having things, I'll go for a run or, or just go to the gym or, you know, or jump on a Peloton bike or something, you know. And, you know, put some, some music in my, with my ear pods in my ear, put some music on and just, you know, just get at it, you know. And then a lot of times when you're done, you feel better. Definitely. Yeah, working out helps a whole lot. Um, throughout your career, you've actually gotten to work with just some truly iconic writers, directors, creators. We talked about uh, Terrell, but you also worked with, obviously, David Simon, John Singleton and Ann uh, Bitterman and... They all have very different approaches to making films and TV shows. But as you've worked with all these people, is there something that you've noticed that is a, a similar quality, whether it's on set, whether it's like a worth work ethic thing that that they all seem to have? I mean, they all, you know, they're all different in their, their, their own ways. But I think, like you say, I think work ethic, you know, and also um, the compassion and um, the willing to work with the actor you know that's that's the thing i've noticed with the the, the um the experiences that i've had you know and i've been blessed and lucky because i've I, you know I've, I've heard um stories of directors screaming at actors or doing all kind of crazy stuff and i've just been blessed that i haven't like the directors that i've worked with you know i've been able to approach them and say i don't understand what you mean or understand what you want here and they like oh no problem and i'll you know and they, and they can tell me and they can you know we can get it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I got you. And then I can go do it. Versus like, you know, try to ask a director and a director just screamed at him and said, you're an actor. You're supposed to know what you need to do. And so I've just been <laughs> blessed that I haven't had any of those experiences. And I hope I continue to not have any of those experiences, you know, like, you know, so yes, yeah, knock on wood. Exactly. I'm so, not going to, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. hoping more for that than the bucks, to be honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we talked, you brought it up a little earlier, um, uh, the wire, but uh, for those who are, who may not know, you played uh, Monk, uh, who was a part of uh, Marlowe's crew. And um, while this wasn't your like very first role, 
what kind of impact did being on a show that is just insanely beloved by the viewers, by the fans, and by the critics have on you? Oh man, it's a huge impact. You know, it was it's it's my like I say, it's my first you know um, start in this business, and to I mean, who knew? Again, that the wire was going to turn into what the wire was. You know, I mean, it's a show filmed in Baltimore, and you know, we just was excited to have a show in Baltimore. You know, and so you know, no one thought watching the show that this show was going to become one of the greatest shows of all time, and so to be a part of that. It's just amazing. Um, you know, it's like no matter what else I do in life, I'll always be a part of this iconic show. I mean, people still, no matter what I do, I'm still monk to 90% of people. You know, when I was on Snowfall this season, uh, there was people uh, uh, putting out, um, you know, stuff on Instagram. Oh, I can't believe monk left. Uh, Franklin like that, like, like they don't care that the character's name is Lerp. They like, I don't, I can't believe Monk walked out on Franklin like that. I can't believe Monk did that to Franklin. You know what I'm saying? So it's always gonna be, oh man, y'all see Monk in Barbara Star? Like that's literally like, it's like because it's that 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 character, you know, that show is so iconic that I'm always gonna be Monk. So there's probably somebody right now saying, saying, yo, I just saw Monk on David Makes Man, you know, and that's and I love it, you know. And for me, I love it. Some actors get upset that you know. People don't leave their old character, but for me, I love it. You also appeared um, opposite Scott Eastwood and Orlando Bloom in The Outpost, and that's based off a book by Jake Tapper. And the film's very unique. It's um, uh, words like uh, visceral and immersive or are often used to describe uh, the outpost. What was it like making the film? It was it was really great. Um, Rod Lloyd, who uh, directed it, um, is so amazing. Um, I became a part of that film because I did a, um, a, a series with Rod, a pilot called Monsters of God that we shot for TNT. Um, unfortunately, the pilot didn't get picked up. Um, and so um, when Outpost came along, he brought me... He, uh, he brought me on to the outpost. And so um, I got to meet uh, quite a few of the real soldiers, you know, who went through um, that situation. So, you know, when you're looking at the story and you're seeing what they went through and you're like, man, like, like in your mind is like, how did you survive this? I don't even understand why the U.S. government would put them in a scenario where they're in the middle of a board. And you have Taliban over top. Anytime somebody has the the high ground, you know, I'm ex-military myself. So anytime somebody has the high ground, they have the advantage. So you have, I think it was something like 500 or something crazy number of Taliban or soldiers against 50, you know, 50 American soldiers. For them to survive that and to hold that ground the way they did, it was amazing. You know, it was it was amazing. And like I say, talking to some of them, it just got you emotional because when they're telling the story and you're listening, you know, cause it's different watching it, like, you know, or reading a book, like I read the book before, before we shot it. And then also like, you know, when it's, when the movie comes out, you know, you watch it in a movie, but to actually hear them tell it, it's so much more powerful, you know what I'm saying? Because it's coming from them and they telling you like what they was going through and like, you know, how scared they were. And you're just like, Oh my God, like I couldn't even imagine having to be in that situation. So. 
Well, and you mentioned you were uh, ex-military. You were in the army for uh, a number of years. Um, I think it's easy to assume there. It probably helped a little bit if you're playing a soldier that you you were in the army. But also because the story is so intense and um, there is a lot of like this tension and emotion in the story. Does how did that affect you as someone who actually did serve in the military? When I when I was in the military, I didn't get deployed or anything. You know, you know, so I didn't have to go through anything close to what they went through. You know, so I couldn't even say I could even relate to what they went through at all. And, and so it was just so for me, it was just more so, like I say, like heartbreaking, you know, just to hear and, and empowering because I'm like, you got to be you got to be strong to get through that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because they could have, you know, looked at it like it's no way we're going to survive this. Let's just give up or they could have tried to run or, you know, anything. But they held their ground because they were just like, this is the best opportunity for us to survive this. And this is what we got to do. And they did it. And so, you know, and that was just the the powerful thing, you know. And I definitely asked myself, you know, what would I have done? And I'm sure, you know, I tell myself that, you know, because, again, you know, the military in the army is it's a strong brotherhood. So, you know, I would have definitely been there fighting with them. But how would I have been? Would I have been like? I can't think of his name where he jumps out the truck and he runs across with bullets flying to save his other, you know, brother to pull him out of where he's at. Would I have been that guy or would I have been the guy that was hiding under the truck? You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you just don't know because it's just like, yeah, like I say, it was just powerful. Just like, wow. I want to wrap up. We do a thing called pick one. Uh, this goes pretty quick. And I give you a couple choices and you select one. But let's play pick one, Kwame. Okay. Cool. So the first one I have is Atlanta or New Jersey? Pick one. New Jersey. Uh, that's where my family's from. <laughs> so I'm <sense>. biased. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I think you'll get this one. Uh, pick one. Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? Verizon. Because you, 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 you work at uh yeah was it verizon yeah yep yeah yeah i worked for like a subcontracted company for verizon so we was a, we was a part of the verizon uh i guess uh umbrella or whatever yeah uh all right last one i have for you is ray donovan or american crime story i think i'm gonna have to say ray donovan and i say ray donovan because Ray Donovan actually showed my footage. American <laughs> Crime Story <laughs> cut like all my scenes. I had I had so many scenes with Sterling K. Brown because um, I played his brother, and we had so many scenes where I was in a hospital and my because my character was sick with HIV, and um, all these emotional scenes. That would have been the first time you would have actually seen me on TV like emotional before David Makes Man because um, it was the first time I had a chance to be do a role where he was I was emotional crying and. Like I said, I was sick, so it was a lot of coughing. It was a lot of, and apparently the it was the budget was you know something was going on with the budget where he spent too much money, and so they they had to cut the scenes that weren't really relevant in a sense, you know. And the thing was that no one really knew about his brother. Um, yeah, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so and that was the reason why they wanted to show that because no one knew about it so they wanted to show it but then when it came down to cutting stuff they were like well since nobody really knew about it we're just gonna go ahead and cut it and so yeah so you know they i literally they showed me in two scenes like one where we was in the backyard and then another scene where they literally just showed my arm which is 
crazy. <laughs> like no one would know it was my arm unless I told you it was my arm. So it was like, so I had this one thing. I had to pick Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan actually let me shine a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and hey, dude, you had a Zoom call with Oprah. So I think you're, you're, you're doing pretty good right now. Hey, yes, definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, Kwame, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Um, I'm so excited for all the work you do, but especially for more people to see uh, David Makes Men. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. I want to thank Kwame for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. You can watch new episodes of David Makes Man Tuesday nights on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care.